Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Oh, hey. I am Justin Barney. I work at 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. I'm Christopher Pollard, and I am from Milwaukee Film. Together, we're Cinebuds. And today, we are talking about the movie Malignant. The body of Dr. Florence Weaver was found brutally murdered in her home this morning. Did you know her? No, but I saw her die. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing murders. As they're happening. Malignant is about uh, Madison. We meet Madison, Madison. and she is paralyzed by these shocking, disturbing, grisly murders that she sees in her mind. Mm -hmm. And then we find out, it's not just in your mind, Madison. It's happening for real. It's reality. Yeah. And so Malignant is a horror movie. I have heard the the term body horror happen a lot. Oh, yeah. She's pregnant at the beginning. And then then, uh, there's a violent act against her, so... If you have like, you know, yeah, there up. is there is a lot of like visceral yeah. violence in this movie and a bunch of the horror movie genres. I mean, this is a lot of horror movie in one. There is like haunted house. Yeah. There is like demons. There is gore. Yeah. There is body horror. There are twists. There are turns. It's kind of actiony. It kind of yeah. feels like. A procedural drama from the two thousands. There's a mystery. There's a lot. There's a lot thrown in this movie. I think it gives a lot for people who like love horror movies and love this kind of thing. It also really wants to be a cult classic, like B movie horror kind of. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about it. And uh, what did you think, Christopher? So, well, I have a lot to say on the subject of whether what why I did or didn't like it. Right. And if it matters. Because, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, simply, we'll sidestep that. Yeah, no, we'll, co- we'll come back. Um, for right now, I will say it was fine. Mm-hmm. I honestly think I'm more lean toward I didn't care for it that much. Mm-hmm. I was fine. Like, when I was watching it, I was engaged. Like, resignedly engaged. Um in the last half of the movie, I laughed a lot more than I did in the first half, mm-hmm. and I was—I did find that more a little bit interesting toward the last half, and we'll get to why in a bit. <laughs> but um, overall, it it had a lot of the elements of kind of an average horror movie for me. So I was just sort of middling okay with it. Yeah. What do you think? I did not care for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's interesting because when you're leading up to it, I heard the phrase trying to be, and I'm already like, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what this is Sorry. I said I revealed my cards there. Saw your tell. Uh, Yeah. But I like like B-movie horrors. I don't love them. I like cult classics a lot. I mean, we always talk about Mandy and how much we love that movie. Um, This movie, I... What kind of like saw a lot of like what it was trying to do or like or or think not that it was trying to do. I saw a lot of the elements that people who really like this would like. And yeah. I think that for an audience, this movie is the best. You know, this movie is a great movie if you love this kind of movie. I think I simply don't love this kind of movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I can see watching this as a, in a group could be a lot better than watching it just with one or it two never, people. It never really grabbed me. It never really scared me, and I'm an easy scare. Oh, yeah. So it, like, it never really scared me, and it never entertained me or <laughs> like or made me, me happy there was some big red flags that really kind of bothered me sure and uh we'll talk about all of those yeah so i did i did not love it Christopher I did not love it. Did not love it. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I had, overall, I did have a lot of friends that loved it, though. Yeah, and which is why I wanted to watch because I had some friends that are saying this is the best movie that's come out all year. What? I, I did you did. have somebody who actually Multiple said that? Friends. I want it, I want the whole podcast to be about who that person is. Multiple. We should call them. Um, multiple people. Okay. I had some people that said they hated it. Some people in the middle, which is why I thought this is movie is so curious. Yeah. We're both coming in the lower end, but that doesn't mean that you are going to come in on that. We're going to talk a lot more about this movie because there is a lot to talk about right after the break. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. Thanks for streaming 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. All the music you enjoy here is listener-supported, and right now you have a chance to make a huge impact on the programming you enjoy. The Heil Family Foundation is matching gifts through October 5th. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org slash donate to double your support now. All right, Christopher. Yep, yep. You back? I'm back. We back. And we're talking about Malignant. It's streaming on HBO now. Yeah. That's where we watched it. Yeah. The director is James Wan, and he is the director of Saw. There's a lot of Saw in this movie. Yeah. And I I think specifically to me, it felt like it was really shot like Saw. Or to me, it had a lot of... Did you get this? It was a lot of procedural dramas in the early 2000s. Yeah, there was like a little sub subline where you got a couple of cops involved and it's like, oh, I don't believe it. And no, I believe it because I saw it. Yes. Like one of those kind of things. I think it, it, it had, if you watched a lot of CSI, oh, you know. And why wouldn't you? <laughs> and like NCIS and all yeah. those. It had really fun playful camera angles yeah it had ones that are like really close in or they had this one that was kind of like floating above the house the sound effects were really punchy yeah it was really turned up like those classic like a horror like a squishy sound effect oh yeah and it was it was those were really amped up bone cracking those were good. bone cracking yeah it was really playful in its intensity to the point where it wanted to take you out and make you aware that you're watching a horror movie. Yeah. It was very much like we're in a house, here's a fog machine behind me. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> you can see the you fog. You want a red machine. light? I got a red light. The the boyfriend is like watching UFC and says yeah. like yeah, his lines are just like so plain and flat that they're they're I felt like they were trying to take you out of this horror movie and make you aware that you're watching a horror movie, which I think a lot of B-movie horror and classic movies, I think, do a really good job of that. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For sure. And I felt like that really did take me out of it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like to the point where I was just yeah. out. Well, it's also like the first half I did have some very typical scare moments. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, like uh, not so much jump out, but like you know when the camera pans back, it's there's going to be like an image behind the person standing there, that kind of thing. But those work, you know, mm-hmm. but they're nothing new. But I had some moments where I was like, oh, that's creepy or that's scary. I had that too. And then you get to the, and you know, I don't want to spoil this for anybody, so I don't think we're going to talk about like any sort of reveal of the mystery. No. Maybe. But towards the end, it becomes a kind of a different movie. It becomes like an action movie. An action movie that is, I mean, silly. Like I laughed out loud a few times and I was like, I get it. And I do find a little bit of the story and the reveal to be kind of clever and I use that word real loosely here. I agree with just you. Just in comparison to the rest of the film. But the um, execution of it, because of its nature, was very funny. And to I, watch. D- I don't think that's unintentional. Really? I, I felt like it was, you know, especially from that beginning scene where it is so campy, I felt like this movie is going for camp. If you didn't feel is, that? If it is, it wasn't going hard enough at all. Because I didn't really notice it. Like, I can, you can make an argument for it, and I can be like, I could like acquiesce to it, but that's not a good sign that I have to be convinced I, of it. Like I, it's just like, it wasn't okay. in, in your face. For camp, if you're gonna have camp, which is very bold, I feel like it's gotta be real obvious. I, well, I felt like it was obvious. I felt like, okay, here is what, why I think yeah. that it was intentionally going for laughs yeah. and going for camp is because of, the camera, I, I felt because specifically because of the, some of the camera angles yeah. were campy. I felt like because of how extreme they were, yeah, and because of you know because of that foley, because of how loud and turned up it was, because of the the makeup and the costumes, yeah, the costume and, and, for sure, and the lines because of like how kind of deliberately flat some of them are, yeah. I felt like it must have been going for camp. But to me, deliberate like so many performances in this were kind of flat, and yeah. I feel like that is not the definition of camp. Like flat performance is not like a big performance. Like, like you know, we just we've talked to death about Nicolas Cage. Like he's camp a lot, even within a context of not other camp. But everyone else was kind of bland in the movie. But I felt like when it when it does it when it does the. Yeah. Reveal, you know, I I felt like that part was it got deliberately campy. I think maybe I would be more apt to concede if we didn't use the word camp. If it's more like it was intentionally silly or intentionally, but because camp, I feel like the there's got to be a whole vibe together. It can't be like, oh, this one element is camp because that that seems inconsistent and makes it a worse movie. But if it's just like this part is meant to be a little funny, I can kind of get on board with that. Do you think that maybe that's why it didn't work for either of us? Yeah. Because it very much was kind of just like, let's halfway. put a little here and then here we'll have this and here we'll have that. Now, if this were a South Korean movie, they'd probably do that incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Because as we talked about, there's like a lot of great movies that do change tones back I think and that, forth. I this think one makes, didn't do it, though. I think that makes sense yeah. because we're both on this side of it. Yeah. I, I also feel like things that did not work for me. Yeah. I watched this with a person who has a diagnosed mental illness. Okay. And uh, that made it oh, that bro, made like two thirds of the movie 
extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, I can understand that. It it just it took it took me right out of it and made me uh feel icky. Yeah. And it 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 really it really took me out of it and it really kind of like it made uh your mind and mental illness yeah. the enemy. Yeah, yeah. And it attempts it attempts to come back on that a little bit. Right. But I felt like it was it was too little too late. I, yeah. I, I was already I, I was already pulled too far out for it to kind of like tr- attempt to pull me back in. The good, here's a good news, bad news situation. Yeah, I think there's good news is that there's more awareness of mental health these days that you had the thought to be uncomfortable. Yeah, because in the past, like that's why the unfortunate thing about movies is that they just treat mental illness. As a joke, yeah. or as a funny thing, or as like um, as the as fun... I felt like in this one as the most terrifying thing that could ever right. happen to you yeah. is that you have a mental illness. Right. It is you know you are the devil. It yeah, is yeah. They played like, it with and in horror movies use it all the time, all the time. Yeah. So it's good that we're more aware of it now. But yeah, I mean, popular right culture hasn't really caught up yeah. with it. They're just going to keep using that kind of thing. But also, I'm very touchy about adoption. I have an adopted oh, sister. Yeah, yeah. She is my sister. We love each other. It is. um, And so I am very touchy with adoption. It painted adoption in a very bad light. It painted adoption as being like you are giving up a child because you do not love them. Yeah. And that will scar you for the rest of your life. And it will be the source of trauma. And your 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 parents are not your real parents. And and I I am just like I have I have zero tolerance for that. It One of does, them could be a demon because you and you don't know. That's what it, they're painting in the Yes. Yeah. And it also does like sort of backhanded try to attempt to rectify that too, but it, it yeah, went yeah, too yeah. far and lost me on that. You know it's interesting because we all come to these things in different ways with different things. Like I so it's good to be aware of them that they're out there. Yeah. And so you can know you can choose for yourself. I go to movies and if something really raw and awful happened to me that morning and the movie I watch is about that thing, <laughs> I don't care. Like I don't think I <laughs> yeah. think I would completely be like, Oh yeah, I guess that did also happen to me. I feel like I can separate it or compartmentalize. Um, and I'm not saying that's a strength by any means. It's, yeah. If anything, it's just an ignorance and a, and a, and a denial. <laughs> but you know, it's really hard to know what art should convey and how they should convey it. Obviously, there's got to be responsibility, but also some things are just on the table, and it's hard to know. Yeah. You know what's really interesting for me? I just, this movie couldn't have come at a better time because I just read one article, and now I think I'm an expert on a subject. Oh, love that. Love so that. get ready so, uh, for yeah, me yeah, to yeah. be obnoxious. All right. I was reading an article by, oh. by, by, by Malcolm Gladwell the other day. Is it for real? Yeah, I did. I'm not a smart person. But Reads I read an article. It's by Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, it's by Malcolm Gladwell. But it was interesting because this seems like it's unrelated, but stick with me and I'll be quick. All right. He, it was about Norm MacDonald passing away. Okay, yeah. And he was saying, I am not a fan of Norm MacDonald. I get it. I watched so much Norm MacDonald after he, yeah, after he died. He and I was this. like, there's a lot of homophobia. There is a yeah. lot of like brutal masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. It is unabashed and it is well, unequivocal. Well, it's great that you brought that up yeah. because so he was talking about how just his style of comedy, I don't get it. He, Malcolm Gladwell's like, I don't enjoy his style, but I watched a lot of these videos because I wanted to know because all totally. these comedians are coming out saying he was like the best at what he did and he was like a, a he was really unique and and I like Norm Macdonald 
and I liked his style. And I, as you know, I really, really like comedy and comedians. I'm yeah, fascinated totally. by it. Yeah. Malcolm Gladwell made a really interesting point. Um, he said, I don't like comedy that much. He goes, I like comedy, but I don't seek it out. I don't know much about the culture. I don't seek out stand-up very much at all. Yeah. So he said, so my opinion, I want you to ignore. He goes, my opinion is valid for me, but I don't think my opinion is valid for a broad critical analysis because I don't know much about the subject. Totally. So talking to other comedians, they're like, Norm MacDonald was uh, like a legend because he did something very different. For comedians, it's all about the joke, all about the punchline. Mm-hmm. Norm MacDonald was not about that. His was all about making fun of jokes. Yes. Making fun of the way people tell jokes and the perspectives they tell them from. Yes. So I don't I can't really comment much on the homophobia stuff like the the gay jokes and the and the toxic masculine jokes cuz I genuinely question where he's coming from that those are his actual opinions. Totally. Because how, what he always did was make fun of how people tell jokes and where they come from. But he's stuck by it. So I can easily see how you're like he has this opinion when it may in fact just be I am making fun of how this kind of joke is told, Christopher. I think you are an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is convinced. That's the th- well. I'm, I don't. I Malcolm Pollard. Super, <laughs> super hesitant to call myself an expert on anything, and luckily it doesn't come up that much. But um, I do like comedy, and I you know read about it. I watch less. I watch a lot of it. I'm fascinated. But I thought that was such a great idea. That he is even, a great point. He compared it to Simone Biles when she quit. Yeah. Everyone who is, has no idea about Olympic level Olympic level athletics and how it feels to compete at that level said, so, oh, she's a quitter. She brought, brought, yeah. let down America. But then you have Olympians coming on saying, no, we understand exactly how that happened and what happened, and she did the right thing. Yeah. So I love the idea that it's okay to acknowledge your opinion doesn't matter on yeah. some things. Like you don't have to express every opinion that comes in your head. It's fine that you have one. But you may not know the most about this to be able to critically comment on it. Now, I'm going to bring it back to this. I don't know enough about horror film and specifically horror to know if there's stuff in this that appeals to those people you were talking about who say the horror is so great. Yeah, Yeah. Really digging into it. So I like horror films. I've watched a lot of them. I a lot of the classics. I love Rosemary's Baby. I love The Omen. I love, you know, what was the... Uh, Hereditary? Hereditary, oh yeah, God. yeah. Me too. So I feel like I've got a decent taste I, in film, so that gives me a little credence. I And I've re- watched a lot of them, but as far as horror goes, I'm like, maybe there's something in this that appeals to horror fans that I'm not seeing, but for me, but I will say my fiance is into horror films and yeah. she also didn't like it. Okay. But I, 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 I was thinking the same thing. You put it so much more eloquently. Uh, Malcolm than I, Gladwell you, did. You know, maybe Malcolm I should Gladwell read more did. articles. <laughs> <laughs> maybe reading is good. It's fundamental. Um, I felt the same way where yeah. I felt, I, I felt like this is not, this is not my genre. This is not what I come to movies for. Yeah. And I think that's my, my friend that, that really liked this. Uh, said like critics should not be commenting on yeah. this because this is not like this is not like what uh, unless you're a critics, horror like, film unless specific you're a yeah, horror yeah. film specific yeah um so i think we agree so maybe we should stop talking about i it. mean definitely because i told i said i'm gonna try, try to be quick <laughs> and that did not happen but i think it was very good that was yeah. <laughs> thank you mg uh great malignant watch it for yourself you know it's on uh it's on it's on HBO Max. And it's in theaters. And it's also as well. in theaters. Yep. 
probably better to see it in theaters, honestly. I think so. It's darker. Yeah. <laughs> um, Christopher, let's yeah. get to our favorite segment. Yeah, it's my favorite. What else have you been watching? Great question. Great question. Um, I rewatched a film from my childhood as I oh, love this. Love doing. Yeah. And it's called Monster Squad. And it's meant for children. I think it's meant for like you before you before you get into this. <laughs> yeah. Um, you convinced one of my friends to watch Frog Frog. Hell comes to Frog Town. Hell comes to Frog, frog legs, legs to Ghost Town frog is what I was going to say. I want to watch that movie. Whatever that movie is, I'll watch that. What, so, oh, did he, like, the, did he love it? It didn't watch. It didn't watch it yet, but he was like, "I'm going to watch it this week." So if you I know, repeat your myself quest, enough, if you, yeah, that's I exactly. Just it. never shut up. Someone's got to do something. About that's it. right. Okay, so you Monster watch Squad. It's Monster a, Squad. It's a cross between Stand By Me and every monster movie. It's a group of kids who have a club. They have a monster club. How are there like more movies of this? Yeah, this one was like absent for a while. It was a thing that t- people talked about like maybe ten years ago, like. Whatever happened to Monster Squad? Why can't you find it anywhere? Is it the Monster Squad? Probably. 1987? That sounds right. Okay. Um, yeah. One so hour, 19 minutes, more movies like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hour 20, yeah. and I'm out. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, it was. there's a character. I mean, it's so 80s that there's a character in it named Fat Kid. So 80s. And he has his, you know, he has his comeuppance and he says... My name's not Fat Kid. My name is Horace. You know, once he Funny. really comes into yeah, his own. Yeah, that's a good bit. Um, but yeah, essentially, uh, the uh, all the classic monsters, you got your Dracula, you got your Frankenstein's monster, you got your Wolfman. Oh, great. Mummy. It was just one of those where they're like, we'll just put all yeah. these monsters into one movie. The script will write itself. Yeah, uh, some <laughs> amulet does something, and they, all come, and they all come back, and these kids save the day, essentially. Oh, well. A couple of great things about this movie. One is there the classic line. If anyone's from that era, you know the classic line is Wolfman's got nards. I'm just gonna let Who that. Who are you talking to? I'm just gonna let that. <laughs> now, I wanna, Who is this audience of yours? People of my Dory Sorry Wolf. Well, no. <laughs> okay. People of my gen. Uh Wolfman's got nards because he kicks him in the nards and it works. And so good job. Fat kid. Uh, so Wolfman's got arts. And then um, there's also an unbelievable end credits song. It's a the Monster Squad rap. And oh it's a boy. rap you would expect. Oh, it's 1987. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. like right in the like, we should all do raps. It's the same. <laughs> Chicago, yeah, oh, yeah. Chicago Bears, you should do That's a exactly rap. exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the Super Bowl shuffle, essentially. Anybody can do it. It's the Super Bowl <laughs> shuffle, but it's about werewolf. Monster Squad rap is amazing. Uh, so I highly recommend, especially if you vaguely remember it from your childhood, take take another look at it. Wow. Love that. Yeah. Um, I watched a couple things yeah. this week, and I will breeze through a couple. Um, I watched Candyman, the new one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm it. really upset that you've seen it before me because I keep talking about it. And <laughs> For you're like real. You were like. Shrugging all over the place. <laughs> yes. I was like, I'm not going to see that. And you're like, I'm going to see that tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to see that tomorrow. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> still haven't seen it. How was it? I didn't love it. You didn't love it? 
it. No. Okay. Um, uh, and I saw I saw a French movie from oh. the 60s called Le Samurai. Oh, yeah. And it was so, I've not seen it. I say it like I've seen it. It was so good. Yeah. It was there the first 10 minutes, nobody talks. It is just a cool guy. It's not a guy. good argument for it's so it's good. It's a cool guy just like okay. being cool. He's like laying on a bed smoking a cigarette <laughs> oh, in an no. empty room. Nope. And then they have, <laughs> he goes to like this mechanic at like five minutes in yeah. and you're like, oh, they're going to say something to each other. Wordless exchange. Yeah. He's just like a hitman, and he's like the cool, <clears throat> cold, extremely French hitman. Yeah. There's like a great game of like cat and mouse that they play in the middle of it. It's so understated. It's so leveled down, but it's so stylish and cool. It was really, really great. You are not selling this film to me, my friend. All right. I had, I made the mistake once of telling my boss, and I, again, I work for a company. I work for an organization that promotes good movies. Right. And I made the mistake of revealing early on that I'm not a big fan of the French new wave as a, as a series of movies as a, as a movement. I totally understand what they did. I like that that happened. It was irreverent and against the, you know, mainstream. Yeah. But I just enjoy enjoying watching them. And I watched several because I was reading this book about them at the time. Yeah. So I watched like 13 and I felt like I got a good grasp. Right. And out of the 13, I think there's maybe three or four that I was like, I like this Well, movie. I think you're just prejudiced against French New Wave because this is not French New Wave. This oh, it's is, not? No. This is, it was, it's Later. like. Later? I mean, it's not everything that was in France in the 60s was French New Wave. That's true. And it wasn't? No. Because it sounds like it. No. It was, it was just like a. akin to what would be like a Boston crime drama. But it was in France. So it was like, take all the like punchy car chases and make them like. So it felt like cool. a bit more mainstream because they were very affected by the film noir in America. So a lot of the new wave did have like these mild crime. Elements. I would not classify it as new wave. All right. But maybe, who knows? Yeah. I'm, I'm no expert. Um, but the best thing I watched all yeah. week <laughs> was I went back Uh-oh. and I watched. A network TV series that came out in 2002. Okay. I'm Were you familiar? And did you watch The Mole? No. Okay. The Mole was like riding on the back of the success of like Survivor and The Amazing Race. And it is like a group oh, no. of 10 people have to like oh. go across the world and they have to complete tasks yep. as a group. I do know you're but about. there is one saboteur in yeah. the group. There is the mole who is like attempting to because you once you complete the task, you get money that goes into a pot that eventually somebody okay, will win. Yeah. And so it's the mole's job to have them not make enough money or to like sabotage the yeah. the the uh, the effects. And it is <laughs> One, it's a great concept because yeah. the whole time you are, they're doing these tasks and like 
it's a bunch of people, so they're just messing up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's right. not like so, it's not like they're flawless. And here's yeah. this one person like throwing a wrench in the plans where you're like, well, this is obviously. But if you mess up, suddenly you could be the mom. exactly. Yeah, and sure. so it's a bunch of finger pointing and a bunch of look at at, at the end when they reveal the mole. I was shocked yeah. when it's between three people, and I'm like, well, it's got to be this person. Yeah. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and but almost maybe best off, it is hosted by no. a young. And hot Anderson Cooper. Really? And before CNN, before like hardcore, really? like war correspondent journalist, that, Anderson Cooper is hosting The Mole. That is surprising. He plays it so well, too, because it, it like, it has a self seriousness yeah. to the series <laughs> because it's like you're kind of like, always trying to figure out who is the mole and the mole is like on the inside but he doesn't know who the mole is but he is like trying to play it cool but then there is like these like little bits of Anderson Cooper humanity yeah <laughs> where he'll like where he's like yeah. oh, guys I'm sorry this show exists <laughs> It's a great show. It is I, I watched an entire season in like yeah. a day and a half. If this were a game that you played with your friends, I'd be really into it. Uh, but as a show, it sounds like my nightmare. Why? Just because I don't like reality shows in general. Yeah. And ones where it's very much like, oh, the, like finger pointy thing. Yeah. Though the concept, I get why that would be enjoyable. And again, if it was one of those games, like one of you at the table is the murderer, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I'd be I, into that. I, uh, I think this year I I discovered that I really do love competition shows. I, I thought I was yeah. out. I thought I was reality TV. I thought I was just completely out. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, there are a couple of things that I like. And then I was like, what is the connecting factor? Oh, these are all competition shows. I like the building the relationships. Yeah. I like the relationships that they build with each other. I like liking people that I like. I like hating people that sure. I hate. It's yeah. It's 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 a very fun dynamic that only gets better over the season because yeah. the more like relationship you build with the people. I get the appeal. I do think there are levels of reality TV because I'm a staunch what's the opposite of an advocate? Enemy of of reality TV. We know. Yeah. But I'll never stop saying it. And then like your friend like who watched Hell time. Comes to Frogtown, I will get through to somebody through sheer repetition. <laughs> but uh yeah, there's you know, the real, real just the real the fake reality reality shows. Yeah. Competition shows don't bother me as much culturally. I don't always mm-hmm. enjoy watching them. But the ones that are like straightforward, just mostly talent shows, I like those a little bit more. Mm. I like I'd say I like a third of those. I think the competition shows are less kind of like sleight of hand manipulation and more. Yeah, I don't like, even count those as reality TV, but they're lumped together for some reason. Yeah, I, I mean the, the the competition shows are like this is why you are set up to you know have conflict because you're competing with each other. Yeah. Where it's when it's just like a bunch of you know the a bunch of people together. Like yeah, the voice <laughs> is like. It's just a talent show, and then mm. somebody wins, but there's mm. no real reality, you know, fake reality element to it. But yeah, when it's like a competition where you do like this one, where you get you have to, it's about relationships. There's a little bit more reality element, but it's still a game. It's still a game, you know, and that doesn't bother. Well, me I as like much. that it's not pretending like it's you know housewives. Yeah, which exactly. I end up watching because my mom watches it all the time, yeah. and it's just like every situation. I'm like, why Why are they pretending that these people are friends? Yeah. They just like, get them together to fight. Project Runway is, oh, for I me. love Project Runway. Here's the thing. Loved though, it. I have, it's the one that's the most complicated for me because I love watching. Love I fashion. love seeing the designs. Oh, I love seeing exactly. them come up with it. But they have the most reality elements to it where it's like a backstabbing and fighting. Sure. And, 
that part I hated so, so set much. Set each other up, yeah. So I would like fast forward, but I just wanted to see them construct the clothes. And oh, it was really cool. Loved that. Yeah. So it was complicated for me. All right. Well, that was malignant. Yep. And we also reviewed a film by the same name. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. It's well, gems like that is why it. you tune you in. You made it for this. Congratulations. <laughs> That's a little dessert. Oh, yeah. All right. Malignant is on HBO, and it's in theaters. Um, if you like horror, maybe you like this more than we did. True. Uh, I am Justin Barney from 89 Ray Milwaukee. I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. We never do it this way. I don't know. I, I just, know. I had to think about it. Uh, we are edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Yay! We get handcrafted Sonic's inspiration from the License Lab. Ah. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician and author Brett Newski. We also get support from Pizza Man and Associated Bank. Wonderful. Also, thank you to our members of Milwaukee Film and 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. You're beautiful, and that's for sure. And the demon that lives inside of me. <gasps> thank you, Ooh. Christopher Pollard. What? I also have a thank you to Dole. Oh, we are out of time. 